Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. So it says, I see my place in his work. The work here is the finished work of Christ. So it means that I visualize myself in what Christ has done already. Can I hear glory? glory. Next line, please. And what he did, I like the tense, what he did, and what he's doing. What he did, and we know we celebrate the finished works of Christ. So it means he has done everything. And if you think he hasn't done everything, right, it means you don't know. But what he did, which is everything, he said that I did. So it means that um, God has moved the, moved, the, moved the mirror from himself to us by saying, I have done everything. And we have done everything. Next. He died and rose and so did I. I am who he says I am. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is amazing. I like it so much. I like it very much. You can listen to this song more and more. What's the name of this? I know it's outbursty. I see Jesus. Yes, you can listen to it over and over and over. The entire album, actually. But yeah, you can listen to it over and over and over and over. It's very important. And here at TGC, we try to um, emphasize that by the songs we sing, it's very important that we are singing what God has done. So that mentally, because you know that when you sing songs, you even subconsciously you pick them up then one day you go from singing to just thinking about the words that you sing which is why i don't understand why people sing things like any money where i get is a very foolish song sorry if you sing it, it's a foolish song let me tell you why it's logical do you want to waste all your money answer any money where you get anyone What's the other line now finish it you know you even know it don't ask it don't ask it. you don't know it any money where you get say it you go spend, ah, ah, on what you You want to spend all your money? <laughs> no, no. Song is very foolish. Every time when I hear it, I keep saying, I, I think too logically. So every time when I hear it, I'm like, ah, ah, any money where you get, you will not save. Any money where you get, just they spend, you will not pay tight. Any money where you spend, wow, such a way to live. Leave context. Leave context. <laughs> ah, they said, he didn't even say, I don't know if it's a he, but the person didn't even say any part of the money or some of the money. Guys, nah, please don't sing songs like that. It's such a reckless. I hate that song. Every time I hear, I'm always so pissed. Like, I'm always like, any money where you get, are you serious? You want to be spending all your money? Giant, oh boy. Oh boy. Like, that song encourages recklessness in a way that I can't explain. So if you keep singing it, ah, your angels be like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> but yeah, we can't give this one a lot because if we give you any money we get, you go spend. So please, don't sing songs like that. Don't, if I hear it from your mouth in this church, ah, don't do that. Because why? We don't spend every money we get. We should not live like that. We should save money. She treat money with, you know, as God's gift to us. And so it means that we don't spend every money. That, it's such a, gosh, this song is very, 
Eh? Don't tell me, okay, tell me the context. Some of the money he gets. He spends it, okay, any money where I get, I they spend on tithes. That was what he wanted to say. <laughs> any money where I, they, I get, I they spend on charity. Do you think that's what he was saying? I don't know who sang the song, but I'm pretty much sure that he didn't think of tithes at the point he was singing that song. And if you keep singing songs like that, it just encourages the baller in you to keep feeling like a baller. So you'll be balling and balling, and that's not a problem, but any money where you get, you should not spend. <laughs> it's for Jesus, yes. So maybe we'll rephrase it and say, any money where I get for Jesus. I love it, I love it. All right, guys, how are we doing? How's your week been? I'm so happy seeing our faces. I can't even hide my joy. I'm happy, I'm glad. I'm seeing some of us, I'm, I'm joyful. I love it from here, I'm happy. I'm just seeing so many faces, I love it. It's nice to see us here. I know the cash issue ha has um, gotten better, right? Good, it has gotten better. It has got, I'm looking at all of you and saying it has gotten better. So you don't have any excuse. It has gotten better now, banks are giving. The 20K withdrawal limit has been, you know, taken off to a number we're not sure now, but it has gotten better. So you don't have any excuse to not show up, right? All right, guys, so let's get into today's teaching. Hmm. Happy New Month, everybody. April has to be, I can't believe it's Q1 ended already. I, I honestly, it feels like I've been in one year, I'm sorry, but my year has been long. And I'm like, ah, just March. Like, in March, I kept saying, it has to be October. My calendar must be wrong. It has to be October. Well, well, and it's good. Um, more time in the year means that, more time in the year ultimately means that we have more time to, you know, we begin, right? It means we have more time to reflect. It means we have more time to rephrase. It means we have more time to take steps back and look at how far we have come, right? And I know that some of us are big on New Year resolutions. If you don't do it, it's fine, I guess. If you do it, it's fine, I guess. But it's a good time to track and see, oh, Q1 has ended. I said I was going to do so ABC in Q1. Did I do it, right? Uh, why didn't I do it? What am I doing in Q2? If you don't like to focus on, I mean, speaking about myself, some people focus on years in quarter, and some people do it for the whole year. Don't worry, none of us are more superior to the other. So it's fine. So it's nice to see us here. Um, my abundant prayer in this April, month of April, is that, you know, this April, that we have increased fervency, that we have increased fervency, that, you know, our time with the word is more fruitful. That we go from knowing to, you know, head knowledge to heart knowledge to hand knowledge. That we go from this I have known to this I have tangibly felt and done. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, happy new month. I was just saying in workers' meeting that, sadly, I didn't remember to do April Fool early. I mean, maybe we have just designed the flyer and not put any picture. Would I just put maybe my picture of me doing like this or something. I don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> would I showed up and I don't know. Next, <laughs> I sent the picture to it that put my picture on me like this, but she loves you people more than me, so it's okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so next day, I'll do April for better. Yes. All right, so in our, our topic here is in him, we have redemption. Glory! Just the topic alone eh, is super exciting. And the, 
um, what's that thing? The summary of what today is supposed to be like even makes it more interesting. Okay. So in this month, everybody as church, we are going to be deliberately be reading and emphasizing a lot more on the book of Ephesians and Colossians, right? And basically the epistles and why the epistles? Because we are learning about everything Christ has done for us so that we can know all that we have done. Right, and we can begin to live from a place of finished works. Right, we can begin to live from a place of finished works. Okay, so it is in the episodes that we see who we are, what we have, and where we are because of Jesus. So, as we read the episodes this month, we must pay close attention to the tenses, and this is why we'd see that um, in the song we sang, it said, Everything he did, I'm paraphrasing. I have, I did, he did, I did, right? Not everything he's doing, I am doing. Not everything he will do, I will do. But safe to say that tenses are important. I mean, we all grew up learning go, going, gone. That's it now, go, going, gone, went. Mm -hmm. So if I tell you I'm going home, you know it's a continuous tense. If I say I have gone home, I'm at home, or... You know, I've shall left the location at that time. And if I say, I will go home, it means it is even yet to commence, right? I've, I want to start the journey. So tenses are super important when we read the Bible. Why? We must remember that the Bible that we read today was not written in English. It was not written in English. And this is part, so we have a sermon from, I think, 20, is it 2021? Or 19, it's not 19, maybe 2021, what first, what festival, we have part one, two, three, um, that particular sermon is a series, it was a what first we did, so all of them, you see one, two, three, or I think, yeah, they're labeled like that on our podcast, Apple and Google, you would see that, the reason why I'm particularly thinking of that is because PT taught us in that particular sermon that... If we remember that the Bible wasn't written in English, it will help us better respond to the word knowing that I'm not reading my own language. And it helps your mindset approach from the place of curiosity as opposed to error, which is that, let me think of it, but I can't think of any verse, but if you think of any controversial one, let me know. But I can't think of any controversial text that we have all taken out of place. Right? A simple hack is to read the pretext and the post-text. You're reading verse 4, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't sound like it makes sense. Read verse 3. Read verse, I said 4, yeah? So read verse 5, 6. Sometimes you may even have to read from chapter 1 again to understand, oh, what are they saying? What is Paul saying? Because Paul is the one who is saying something. What is Paul saying to the people in Colossae? And how does this chapter appropriate itself in that conversation? Then what Paul is saying and appropriating in that verse, then I can better understand whether he's talking to a group of people or is like, oh, you know, that part is, like if that part is more in structural than um, for us all, right? Good. And that's one beautiful thing. We're studying the scripture like somebody that went to school as opposed to just studying the Bible like you did not go to school. So if you went to school, you know that studying the Bible is an art, and an art means there are systems to it, right? There is the reading stories and just enjoying the um, beautiful stories of the Bible. I really particularly like that as well, right? But there is theology, 
and doctrine, right? And the Bible forms our standard for that. And we can run out with doctrine formed in our heads if we don't study the Bible right. So you see that, like last week we said that the believer is in the lifestyle of knowing, right? And we must be excellent in our knowing. And part of that is learning how to know, right? Learning how to study the word. And it is work. You know, I let you learn how to, oh, why this version over this version? For instance, ah, it is not the same for today. But for instance, for instance, right? Um, you know that in TGC we are NIV people, we are amplified people, we are, where's my brother, NKJV people. We do do NLT. We do do it. We do do it. My daddy Gio do one version at that time. Ah, what's the name? I forgot. But we do do. There's one version that. <laughs> Uh, and that one that is living, that's it. We do do that one. Well, yeah, we do three basically, and we have our reasons, guys. Please, I can we end up reteaching a sermon PTR thought. Listen to word first. It would enrich your study life. You'd understand that certain, for instance, the way you should read Revelations cannot be the way you read the episodes, right? The way you read a parable that Jesus told cannot be the way you would interpret, like you know. Um, um, like just him talking to us. The way you'd read literature in the Bible is not, it's not the same thing. And that affects meaning. So, because we are all good students, means we are growing. Okay, great. Uh, lovely. All right. So, too many times, we put too much in the age to come and little now because it is convenient and puts less responsibility on us to grow and use our faith. But in reality, there is much more available now, and we need to lay hold of these things. Remember last week, we said that if God just wanted us to be saved and come and meet him in heaven, then he is not fair. He's not a good God. It's not a good way to be a good God because, I mean, why would you let me live? If you got saved at 19, even let's say you got saved at 25, shift, and you live for 70 more years, it means that you have lived a terrible life because your the goal is just Maranatha. Um, somebody's coming. Jesus is coming. The bridegroom is coming for the bride. And when the bride is not coming for the bride, when the bride is not coming for the bride, the bride must go to meet her bridegroom. And if you keep doing that, between your wedding dress and the food, I don't know which one is going to get bad fast. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, point is, it would be unfair if God only made us to be saved to aspire to heaven our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come as it is in heaven so it means that for every believer for each one of us our desire and earnest goal is to see heaven on earth at least in our lives first right and what is heaven like abundance i'm learning that myself eh? Yeah, golden popcorn. Thank you. I haven't had popcorn yesterday night. So golden popcorn, golden chicken, golden ice cream, golden everything. <laughs> ice cream that will not spoil. There's no currency devaluation there. I mean, we just sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hosanna, hosanna. And it's all glorious, right? And there's no sickness there. There's nobody that needs your creativity. Nobody needs your... Sadly, nobody needs your creativity. Nobody needs your ability to 
put things together, manage a space. Nobody needs heaven to be spotless. Like nobody needs you to sweep heaven. Because heaven would already be clean. It's already spotless. But here, we need you to sweep heaven, to sweep this place, to make it clean. Right? One of our devotionals this week, this devotional talk, I always talk about it. If we're not reading, please, who does not, let me not start it. Who, who read their joy today this week? Where's your hands? Ah, see the percentage, Jesus Christ. Bro, no, we can't. Read your joy today devotional. If you read your joy today devotional consistently, I promise you, with time, you find out that a lot of, it's very, I, I find them very, very, almost prophetic. Because a lot of times, when you finish reading for the week, the sermon you hear on Sunday, a lot of times, has something from there. And I promise you, pity does not see. It's not, he does not know. It does not, it's not deliberate effort. But somehow, it all comes together. Somehow, it comes together. Somehow, it comes together. Or sometimes, it's from the Sunday sermon, and it feels like a flow into the week. Somehow, it comes together. And sometimes, it's just one line of beauty there that you need to tangibly hold on to. So, make it a practice. There's something I did, which is I tagged all my Joy Today devotionals. So when they come in, just tagged as this green church. So it's labeled green color, so I can easily know that I have, like, it always stands out for me. And we sent that 4.59, right? So make it a consistent habit to always, 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 and read to the bottom of the page, right? We have, we have an amazing thing with Joy Today, so please be consistent with it. Make it your own daily dose of the daily bread, as they call it. So yeah, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And you also, ah, we all went to school, read. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Next verse. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory? Yes, so this verse says that we have the Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until our redemption of those in God's deposit. What this means is that the Holy Spirit, you know when you go to buy something and you buy on credit, right? Or no, not buy on credit, you buy and you pay down and you say, I'm coming back. So two scenarios, I bought something and I, I went, I like Ford cars. So I go to a Ford car shop or a Chevrolet. I like Chevys as well. So you go to, I like Benz's as well. So yeah, I go to a Ford shop. Allow me dream my dream, thanks. So I go to a Ford shop, a Ford car shop, and the car is $1.5 million, for instance, and I give them 200 key, Naira. <laughs> exactly, I'm not serious. Exactly, exactly. But Chidera version two goes, I gives them 1.1, remember it's 1.5, Abby? And I give them 1.1 million, 459,000, mass. 1, 4, 5, 9. 
Zero, zero, zero. That's one for 59,000. It means I have 49,000 to pay. I didn't even try. I did one million. Eh, I tried now. One million four hundred and eighty thousand. It means I have twenty thousand to pay. Who do you think has the carfest? <laughs> exactly. So we see that um, even in daily business, right? These things play out. And here the word is saying that God gave us His Holy Spirit as proof that I'm coming back. So the bridegroom is coming, Maranatha. The groom, bride is getting ready for her bride. The way we can even say this is possible or true is because Jesus, um, we have the Holy Spirit. So, I, so God gave us his Holy Spirit, just gave us, God gave us his Holy Spirit as proof that he is coming back for his own. As proof that we have, we have, it's not me, it's the fan. So as proof that we are his own, right? A berry. <laughs> That we are his own, right? Okay. So the term deposits arabon is an earnest money that is a large part of the payment given in advance for secu as security that the whole will be paid afterwards. So by having the Holy Spirit, we have a large part of all that we need. This is the regular term in New Testament times for earnest money. It means an advance payment that guarantees the rest to be given. It represents full security backed by the purchaser who supplies sufficient proof that they will fulfill the entire pledge of the promise, right? So it means that God has proven to us in the best way possible that we are his own, right? How do I know that I'm his own? I have his Holy Spirit. If I have God's Holy Spirit, I'm his temple. It means God lives within me, right? If God lives within me, he owns me. I've been marked with the seal of his promise. I'm his own. Do you understand? So that there's no doubt in our hearts that um, I may be disqualified, uncalled, all those many X's we need to tick at the back. You know, I'm unqualified. Or rather, I'm, I can be disqualified, right? Well, he has already given his Holy Spirit as part payment. Do you get for us? Beyond part payment, like heavy payments, right? As for us, right? And not fun fact, nobody else can come and pay the remaining. So he has to pay everything. Right? And so we know that this is saying that Jesus is coming for us, that we are we belong to God. Do we get that we belong to God? We are God's own. We are God's property, for lack of words. Yeah, correct actually. We are God's properties. Like we are his own. Do you understand that we are his own? That he owns me, he owns us, he owns you. So what does it mean when we say inheritance? It says um, the word is cleronomia. An inheritance, an, in, an heritage, regularly the gift of God to his chosen people. In the OT, the promised land, in the NT, New Testament, a possession viewed in one, one sense as present, in another as future, a share participation. What this means is that now we have a lot, right? We are not have, have not, right? And we have, we will have, we are having. So we have in Christ, we are having in Christ, we will have in Christ. Now before it becomes too complex, the we have is what makes the having and will have possible. 
So in Christ, we have perfect health, I have wealth, I have wisdom, I have power of our principalities and power, I have, right? I am having, why, um, tiny doctrine, that we know that salvation is, I am saved, my spirit is saved, my soul is being saved, my body will be saved on resurrection, right? It's basic. So I have, I'm teaching my mind to know that I have, right? And I will have. So then they find out that the believer lives in a continuum of God's blessings, right? It's a beginning to, from the beginning to the middle to the end, it's a continuum of consistent blessing for us as believers, right? So verse 7 said, in him we have redemption, right? Then verse 17 said, until the redemption. So this is to show us that redemption as far, you know, being saved, being redeemed, right, is a, con is a, is a past state, current state, and a future state, right? I don't just get too confused. Basically, the past is the future and current. Let's make it simple that way, right? What we have had in Christ, what, what he did, I will do. Sorry, what he did, I did, right? And that's what he has done, is sufficient for now and tomorrow. Do we get that? Does that help better? So it means that when I say I am healed, I, when I said, when I, when I know that I am healed when Jesus was on that cross, you know, I am healed because of that price, it is still I am healed today and it's still tomorrow I am healed. Do we get? So it's not a, so there's nothing else I need to do for that healing to be effective today, per se, right? Beyond knowledge, be, beyond knowledge, right? The fact that that is sufficient for today. Okay. And same thing with forgiveness of sins as well in Christ. Okay. So it's important we pay attention to tenses, like I said earlier. And in this particular series, we'll see that we are saved spirits, we are being saved soul, and we'll be saved body. But we have a lot now, and if we work with what we have, which we don't even scratch 1% yet, it means that we will live abundantly. So if we read scripture and you pay attention to how the things that, the tenses that Paul uses when he speaks about, for the ones in Christ have crucified, Galatians 5, we have crucified their desires on the cross. And he says that um, um, things like you have now be saved, Things like um, um, you have been rescued or things like you have now received. We see that Paul was speaking from a place of awareness of what we have in Christ already. The goal is to help us understand that heaven and golden popcorn and golden ice cream are amazing, right? But here on earth, what Jesus has done is sufficient for every day up until he comes or we go. Good? So it means that there is nothing God is doing again. There is nothing. So today now, eh, like I'm here now, God is not saying, um, let me just open. Now we say open heaven. Uh -huh. God just opens the door now and close it. <laughs> open and close it tomorrow. No. That the believer lives under open heavens because of what Jesus did. So from that death and resurrection of Christ, we have open heavens. 
yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Do we get? So God is not opening the heavens now and closing it back. He's not a gate man. Hmm. So, yeah. So it means that there is a lot for us to know. Right? So about the epistles, um, we know Jesus stayed with his disciples and he taught them for some days. I would say that ah, I was not part of what he taught them. But everything he taught them, we see the revelation of that in epistles, in the epistles, which is why as believers, that you, you don't have any business reading the book of Obadiah on Monday, Jeremiah on Tuesday, Nehemiah on Wednesday, Ruth on Thursday, Zephaniah on Friday, which are, jo, bro, that's one they like, Job on Saturday, which one I will remain. Um, Malachi, Malachi, Malachi on Sunday. Which one again? A guy oh, on another day. You don't have any business doing that seven days a week. And you are Paul. You don't know. It's, you, don't, you don't know. You can say hi, Paul. Now this is why the book of the Bible is complete, right? It's fully complete, infallible in itself. However, because we need to know what God has said about us as new creation, right? After the life, like after Jesus came to this world, why, why Jesus even came in the first place? Why he came, we have no reason reading, spending the most of our time learning what happened before he came. Because the most of our lives are revealed, have been revealed after he came. In fact, if you're reading your Bible, well, the OT foretells Jesus. You see all those places where they, um, besides the book of Isaiah, you see where he foretells the branch and, you know, telling the story of Jesus, right? That Jesus is coming, that we're going to have a Savior, we're going to have a Messiah. So if you spend um, a lot of time with Nehemiah, Zephaniah, Ruth, and they, you all become best friends, nice and fine. But if you don't know Paul and Peter and James and John, then it means you're not realizing, for instance, that you've been healed already. Right? We are not realizing, for instance, that all that he has, I have now. And then, we that are reading it, are now thinking about how to appropriate leaving it out. Which is, so it's like, I'm reading the, gospel, the epistles. I'm understanding why this is important. Okay, I won't see it in my life. So I, I'm learning to appropriate it. I'm learning to speak it. I'm learning to teach my mind to believe it. See my work, Abby. You, you are still reading what they said before he came. So you are reading about how they gave cattles and bulls as sacrifice when we have learned that Jesus is the final sacrifice. Do we see that gap? So not, there's nothing wrong with the OT, but if we spend the bulk of our time, if you only have five minutes for Bible study every day, and you and Zephaniah that are best friends, then you may have an issue, right? You may have an issue. So when things happen, because the word is our strongest defense against the enemy, right? You may not have anything to say. You may not have anything. And it's not because you're not saved. It's not because what Jesus has done is, in, is inefficient for you. But it's because there is nothing stirred up here. Good. Okay. So, right. So, we see that everything we need to learn. Ephesians 3, 1 to 10. Everything we need to learn... Peter, Paul, James, John, all the guys have written this in the epistles. So this week, all of us, we commit to doing Bible study better, yes? We commit to doing epistles better, yes? Good. 
another place I like, I like the Gospels very much because stories about, you know, Jesus and they all teach different things. If you're learning about the deity of Jesus as son of God, John is your book, right? So I like them as well. But to know all I have in Christ, to know all Christ has given me, I would find them only in the epistles, right? Ephesians 3, oh. Ephesians 3, 1 to 10. Thank you. For this reason, I'll read so I can faster. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Next verse. No, verse 2. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Verse 3. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have known, written briefly. So we see that here. Sorry. Okay, let's go on. In reading this, then you'll be able to understand my insights into the mystery of Christ. We see that he's writing here to the guys in Ephesus, and he's telling them that just by reading, he was writing to the guys in Ephesus and telling them that just by reading this scripture, reading the book of, the book I'm, letter I'm writing, because I wrote letters, letters I'm writing to you, that you can understand all I have known. I remember Paul was not even among the 12, right? You can know. So it means that, like, we are not lacking anything by reading the apostles. We are not lacking anything by not being there when the 12 disciples were with Jesus alone. Do we get? We are not lacking anything by not being with Peter when he was, Paul rather, when he was studying. We are not lacking anything when he was with disciples, we're not lacking anything because by reading the epistles, we see him teach the churches these things. Verse 5, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Uh, verse 6, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel members together of one body and share us together in the promises in Christ. Wait, wait. So yeah, he talks about the mystery that he's trying to, mystery in Christ. And this is the mystery that the Gentiles are heirs together. Please, when you see Gentiles, you can put your name. Gentiles are heirs together. All of us are heirs together. Members together of one body and share us together in the promise of Christ, right? So it means that all of us are heirs. We are together you know, in Christ, and then we share together in the promises of Christ. So everything that Christ, that was promised is also for you and I. Please, next verse, seven. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Eight, please. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. Nine. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. Ten. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly realms. So we see that, you can finish that verse for me. 
I think there is, there's a comma, so it means it's not done. According to his internal purpose that he accomplished in Christ. So it means that we see Paul here talking to the guys in Ephesus and telling them about the promise that they have in Christ. And that's why when you're reading the book of Ephesians, you find out where he now tells them, Ephesians 1, that the eyes of our understanding may be flooded with light. Ephesians 3, um, that we may know how high, how wide, how deep his love is. Five, marriage and all those type of things. Four, that we are jointly united and all parts must supply. Like that, like that, like that. So we see that every single thing that Jesus, Jesus has, every single thing that the, the disciple, I'm trying to simply emphasize how, it is, how important it is to study the episodes. That's all I'm trying to do, actually. To help us see that to know everything we have, we need to keep studying the episodes. It is important. Okay. I think I've beaten that horse enough. Okay. So, yes, um, everything is documented in the episodes. The OT, like Pity has said many times, the OT was written for us, but the NT was written to us, right? Um, there are things truly stated in Scripture that are not truly the will of God. So, doctrine. This is membership class 101. Um, that we know that we see different things in Scripture. So, for instance, where they used to cast lots, to choose the where they in act act one where they cast lots to choose the disciples the one that's going to replace i think um the seven men right and judas as well right okay they didn't cast lots for seven men i think but judas right um there was there was that then there's also in the ot you have an abundance of it elijah asking calling fire down elisha cursing um children ruth no not ruth um this woman esther Esther's story with the king, right? And the understanding from this is that we may read these things and begin to think of anarchy, because that's what it looks like a lot of time when we read this scripture. And we see that, oh, it looks like anarchy, like just anarchical, like everybody's just acting in bad behavior, and then, oh, we glorify it as God. But what we know is that um, the things truly stated, there are things truly stated in scripture that are not truly the will of God, right? So, for instance, um, for instance, we know that the thing that God is not, where was God, Jesus telling disciples, that if you know the spirit that you have, one of love, right, it's not possible that, remember that Jesus is the express image of the Father. So it's not likely that, Jesus, that God is excited about the children that Elisha hurt. It's not, it's not likely at all. So it means that when we are studying scripture, we understand that, because Jesus is the express image of the Father, we must appropriate everything from who Jesus is. I feel like I'm teaching more about Bible study than the topic. But yeah, we must appropriate from who Jesus is, right? If we come across scripture that says, and he killed, God killed, and he allowed evil, and he gave them over to their depraved mind, Romans 1, we must understand first, the question is, ah, God is good, God is kind, Jesus is the express image of the Father, right? How then does this make any sense? So it positions your mind in the place of curiosity as opposed to expecting God's, God to make an error. Okay. All right. So we see in the Gospels that Jesus came, died, and rose. But in the epistles, we get to see why and what it means for us. So we see Christ revealed in the Gospels. We see the character of God in Christ. However, we see clearly 
that Jesus is the image of God. Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. Great. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So we know that everything we see in Jesus is everything the Father is. Compassionate guy. The Father is compassionate. Full of love, full of kindness and mercy. God, intelligence, super intelligence. God is excellent. God is Right. So why is this important? Because the truths of our realities are true in our spirits, but will not change much in our lives without knowledge. Right. So uh, Ephesians 1, 15 to the end, beautiful Pauline prayer that I recommend that we all pray daily, that the eyes of our understanding are flooded with light, that we know the hope to which we have been called for. So think of this like this. You are here, you have an inheritance. Somebody has written your name in their will and said you have ABC number of estates, but you're in your house in Ikeja and you don't know, right? You, there's no way you're going to wake up and go and take the property. It's impossible. You don't even know it's your own. So this is what studying the epistles does for us. The epistles, 17 please. The epistles let us know what we have in Christ. So that way we can lambano, right? However, because everything we have for the living of our life is in God's word, if we are not studying God's word, then we cannot know how to live the life he has given us. Right? So we must be super comfortable with simply knowing the word. Like just knowing, just knowing, just knowing. Just wanting to know, just wanting to know, just wanting to know, just wanting to know. Just wanting to know. Right. So Ephesians 1.17 again. Okay, for this reason, ever since... Ah, no, this 15. Please, 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you know him better. If we know him better, we know ourselves better because our lives are hidden in Christ and Christ in God. Right? Something I... I was listening to someone, and he said that, um, um, what's this thing we call? Self-esteem. Self-esteem is rubbish if it's mind over matter. That self-esteem is rubbish if we're only going to tell ourselves, today, I'm going to be bold. Today, I'm going to be strong. Today, I'm going to be at my best. doesn't work. I mean, if you've tried it, you know it doesn't work. It's not, it's not, it's not sufficient. However, when we become satisfied with knowing that our identity is in Christ, that that's where self-esteem must come from. So that our self-esteem is only possible because, like the only reason why we can walk into that room boldly, completely boldly, not my legs are strong or my heart is shaky, is because I know that I am God's sent to that room. I am God's apostolus everywhere, any day, any time, bro. Right? So, point is that self-esteem and identity, while we keep looking for new ways to redefine ourselves, if it is faulty at knowing that I am in Christ, then we'll have an issue. Right? If we don't remember that we're in Christ, then these things will keep defining us as opposed to being defined by God. Do we get? And how we get defined by God is knowledge. Rather, how we remember, because we are already defined, is knowledge. 
right? So God has given us everything, and he isn't giving us anything more. He isn't giving us anything more in the sense that God is not opening the heavens. I hope it gets now, right? What we actually need to do is to acknowledge more, to experience more. And a beautiful thing to do is read stuff like creative miracles, read about, keep reading these type of things, keep filling your heart up with stuff like this. Because what it does is that it creates an entire different, like you begin to anticipate a new type of reality, right? With healing, with everything, that you begin to anticipate a new type of reality because you know that it's possible somewhere, right? And scripture tells us it is possible. So Philemon 1, 6, and then we'll do Peter 1, 1 to 4. So Philemon 1, 6. I pray that your partnership with us in faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of everything, every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. That it was so important, so important that they understood and like they had an understanding of every good thing that is available for them in Christ. Now, Peter 1 Sorry, Second Peter, just now. Second Peter one. So let's read together. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior. Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through 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 verse 3 His divine power has given us everything. Through through this, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in his divine nature, having escaped. Thank you. So it means, if you read this again and all over again, find out that he's telling us that we are only able to, to know Again, tenses, for God has given us everything we need. He didn't say God will give us, or God is yet to, or God is giving. But God has given us, so finished on God's part, right? And we know by a knowledge, by the knowledge of him. So the more we know, the more we can receive. The more that we know is available, the more we can make a demand of. Right? So all of us, as believers are called to a life of knowing. I said this last week. All of us are called to a life of knowing. I promise you, think of the biggest Christian person in your head that you know. I'll think of Papa Kenneth again. Think of anybody else. The difference between me and him. 
think of somebody you had, different between me and him, is how much you knew. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. You may say, oh, the anointing, the old, me said, I get anointing, bro. <laughs> and, you know, but the fact that the knowledge of the anointing, and here I just mean sonship, actually. The knowledge of that was what made harvesting. Somebody I listened to recently, please recommend it. She said something. She said, every believer is called to harvest by faith. So everything I have, I harvest by faith. So it's like my faith is my axe. So I don't know what you used to do on the flusher. Whole cutlass, those things, right? My faith is my that. So the difference between me and Papa Kenneth Hagen is actually that he knows more. And that knowing more is deliberate effort to know. Is it because I say Papa Kenneth Hagen? <laughs> so it's actually deliberate effort to know more, right? So the, knowledge, the difference between me and all the great Christian men and women is that I know, I was looking at a book in Peter's room and highlighted Mark where he said, everything is possible for the one that believes. And I'm just thinking, if I carry this verse on my forehead now, I say, oh my, I'm going to believe and I'm going to receive, right? For he that keeps knocking, door will be opened. He that keeps seeking, he'll find. He that keeps asking, will receive. Right? So we see that we are called to a life of knowing. You and I, we are called to keep knowing and knowing and knowing. And the more we know, the more we can place a demand. Right? So for your own best interest, focus on people that know a lot. When I mean know, that have spent time knowing... Focus on their definition of what life is possible at, right? Folk, like, so you know when we say this thing that, oh, a believer can live without sickness, right? If you are looking at somebody that has struggled with sickness morning, afternoon, night, but keeps repeating that, it may be hard to believe it. You know, Abby. But if, we, if you fix your gaze on somebody that, I'm, I'm not even saying Jesus, I mean like humans. Fix your gaze on somebody that tells you that he had a hole in his heart and it was healed. I'm talking about Papa Kenneth now. We fix your, like you think of those people, it just evokes a sense of, a sense of tangible. Yeah, it can be tangible, it can be possible. It can be done. And I need to know how to get it done. Right? And we see that everything can be harvested by faith, by knowing. Something he says a lot is, faith begins where the will of God is known. And the will of God is only known in the word of God. I beg you in God's name. There's no, rev there's no revelation outside. There's no revelation outside that's deeper than God's word for you. Everything I'm saying, is it, is it going well? Are we getting? There's no revelation outside that's deeper for you. Word of knowledge, amazing. Word of all these words, great stuff. Prophecies, amazing. But if you open your Bible, ish and spend time start with Ephesians 1 and spend time looking at everything that God has said about you not even a saying maybe you will not be too bothered about somebody not giving a word of knowledge because um, the, there's a responsibility that comes with knowing is doing, is actualizing so you should even be bothered about getting more word of knowledge if I were you why? what have you done with the one you received? There's a strong responsibility that comes with knowing. 
Um, I'm not sure the verse now, but it was on my, you know, your version does this Bible, of, Bible verse of the day. I think two days ago it was about the one who does not, the one who knows but does not do it is sin. The truth is that there's responsibility that comes with knowing. So if me, I know now that I'm supposed to go to this farm, but farm to bring out three fishes, and I don't go, you can judge me wrong for not going. But if I don't know, I believe in my ignorance. So the more reason why we need to spend more time with God's word, we need to spend more time with God's word, with the epistles, knowing what God has said about our lives. Right? We need to spend more time in prayer. We need to spend more time in worship. We need to spend more time in studying the Bible. Right? And we know all these things by the renewing of our minds. Right? And so it means that we are called to continuous effort of renewal of our minds. That everything, we, remember we said we are saved, our spirit is saved, our soul is being saved. Right? My spirit knows that I'm healed of God, but malaria can come. Right? And so I need to teach my soul to be subject to spirits. Which of course is even the first thing in the first place. Right? But if I don't know temptation of Jesus, my favorite example, when the enemy tempted Jesus, everything responded with was scripture. Did we notice that? Scripture. Scripture. I've said this thing before. It's very unlikely that when the enemy is tempting you, and sometimes I think it has to be Jim Jim temptation, self-doubt temptation, sin. When, when those times come, it's very unlikely that your response is Kaya brother, Shatala brother. Very unlikely. You're more likely to even indulge in the emotion. So it's the reason why you need to have something here. It's the reason why you have to have something here. It's the reason why you need to have something here. Right? So that the word of God is so stored up within our heart. Joshua 1.8 Right, meditate upon my word day and night. It makes your word prosperous, so it will make your word prosperous. So it's like the more is why we need to store up things in our hearts because the word of God then becomes our arsenal for every single day. And so today we're learning that every single thing I need for my life has been given in Christ. Every single thing I need has been given in Christ. That everything I need, everything that I don't see today is because I've not applied myself. And if I begin to apply myself, an application of myself here is faith. Because faith is an action word. We believe, we say, we do what we need to do. Right? The, that if I begin to apply myself better, I will see those things tangibly. I will see those things tangibly. Right? I will see those things tangibly. Okay. So, you know, we see us in him in the epistles. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. And so, again, like I said, in this month, we're going to be reading the book of Ephesians a lot and Colossians. In your private space, please do that as well. Ephesians 2.10. Thank you. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. No, start from 9. Start from nine, please. Not by rocks on my campus. Okay. Do ten. Let me see eleven. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves circumcision. Not I'm looking for. Go back to ten, please. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which prepared which God prepared in advance for us to do. Right? So 
abundantly. We know that we know that you and I are God's best product. You and I are God's greatest version of what can be, right? Um, let me see Romans 6, 1 to 4. Okay, yes. Romans 6, 1 to 4. I think that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Romans 6, 1 to 4 and Romans 8 to 9. So, what shall we then, uh, 6, Romans 6, 1 to 4, yes. What shall we say then? Shall we go on seeing that grace may increase? 2, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. Do you see the tense here? That it says we have died to sin. And when we see sin here, it says how can we live in it any longer? Please, next verse. I'll still come back here, but next verse. Version, I'm sorry. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Please go back to verse 2 again. By no means, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Sin here is also sinful nature. We know, um, remember she pointed one again, saved by grace through faith. We know that we are saved from the sin nature, not just the appearance of sin. Right? And what that means is that, you know, the, because the appearance of sin is in that. So what that means is that every sin that could be brought about by the sin nature, death, poverty, yama yama, they are inside the sinful nature, right? And that's what we are saved from. So it means that we who have died to this entire nature, how can we then live in it? It actually even then means that it's possible for us to go back living into it. It doesn't change our position, but it means that there are things that we can do that make it possible for us to live as though we were not saved. Do we see? So we see that even sin is an issue for the believer that's already saved by grace through faith. Right? That we are already saved by grace. We saw in the um, previous verse, saved unto God's good work that he has prepared in advance for us to do. Right? And the thing with sin is the fact that we harvest by faith, we get everything we need by faith, and sin has a way of clouding our mentality as a way of affecting ability to receive not god's ability to give right so um it's important that like i said that we're spending time knowing so in him we have redemption this word is called apolutrosis right um and we have forgiveness of sins so we have been washed by the blood sin washed off like it never happened not counting our sins against us now, um, when we say that our sins have been washed off, trying to click on this. When we say that our sins have been washed off, what we mean, what it means is that it's not that God has offended, like I've offended God now, and then God remembers. No, it's not like God. God just cleaned it off, but somewhere in His mind is there. He says, "Blessed is the man whose sins are not imputed against him," right? So it means that God has blotted, I know that that's how I think HIV puts it, blotted our transgressions out. So it means that God does not remember our sins. We may not know how to appropriate that because, you know, we, we are humans and remember, but God does not remember our sins. So it says, I think Second Corinthians talks about how we have now been, ma yes, made right with God. No, I think Romans. But we have now been made right with God. So it means that we are in right standing with God and that's been acquitted, right? So it means that 
if there were a court of law, right, our forever status is let go. Our forever status is forgiving. Our forever status is there is no charge that can be brought against this one. I think Romans 8 starts with, for there is no now condemnation for the one in Christ. So it means that because of Christ, our forever state before God is you have been made right with me. And that made right with God is not a, is a thing of like nothing can, nothing can make you look like an offender to me. Do you get that there is nothing that can make us look like the guilty one to God, to God, right? That we are forgiven, we are acquitted, right? And it's not the case where, you know, when they acquit somebody from court of law or somebody even goes to jail and they release the person, you see it in the records, ex-convicts. It's not that way. It is, I'm trying to click, it's, that, it's like we never did it before. We never did it before. We ne it's like, it's like we ne the only pers people that remember is your mind. Remember we said soul is being saved. Your body remembers. And that's the reason why even if we are saved from sin and saved by grace through faith, we can still find ourselves doing those things that we've been saved from. Right? Because renewal of the mind is important. Right? It's by renewing of the mind that we catch up to where our spirit man already is. Do we get? So a renewing of the mind is, I like it that it says, by the continuing of the renewing of the mind. So we renew 8.59, renew at 9 o'clock, renew at 9.01, renew at 9.02, renew at 9.03, renew at 9.09.10. We keep staying, we keep renewing our minds. Renew our minds by the word. Right? Great. So that is, yeah, that's literally our state before God, that we are forgiving. And because we are forgiving, right, the nature, the effect of the nature of sin, and here I don't mean just mean the appearance of it, but the nature, sinful nature, cannot have effect on our lives. Please don't mistake these consequences. I'm not speaking the same English here. Consequence can happen because you are, if you hit somebody's leg today, you not say, Imagode, 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 no go beat you, no go beat you. They'll beat you, sorry. They'll beat you, beat you, finish, blue black. Your Imagode will be strong, but your body is going to be beaten. So I'm not talking about consequences. We're talking about the, you know, the fact that sin separates us from God, spirit separated from the one that has made it, right? Do you get? And that's why, and that's the beauty that because of Jesus, we are no longer separated, right? We are no longer considered sinful. So when the enemy pops up in your mind and he tells you, he names you by a label that God no longer labels you, it's important to remind that you are redeemed, you are redeemed. And redemption, being redeemed, is not that pick me from a miry clay, set me upon the rock, but I can see the miry clay. No. Is that pick me from a miry clay, set me upon the rock, and there is no iota of anything that shows I came from miry clay. That's it. That's the type of redemption. That's what we mean in Christ. Like, it's like it never, it's almost as though, try very much to explain, it's almost as though. You never existed before, right? But again, like I said, there is the spirit that is saved and our souls need to catch up, our minds need to catch up. So we appropriate the realities, right? How do we do this? We confess our in Christ realities. As far as God is concerned, he has, it is done. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, right? Not that he, he will do it, but he has done it. So in this week, while we are studying scripture, 
my absolute request is that we study scripture more deliberately. Pay attention to tenses. Pay attention to the knowledge of the entire book. Pay attention to, I know it was like we said Ephesians and Colossians. Who is Paul speaking to? What was the overall message here? What was he saying here? If you don't understand, please reach out. Don't take meaning out of context, right? Use, what's that thing we use? Bible hub, right? Use the interlinear, concord and strong. Okay, so it is real. Therefore, we must confess it. We have forgiveness. We are forgiven. We have God's spirit, right? Romans 8 said that we now have a spirit that bears witness that we are children of God, right? So you and I, we have been forgiven in Christ. And it's important to emphasize forgiveness because, um, not just because, for, not because forgiveness is the only thing, but that forgiveness is what, you know, now we have been brought near to Christ, right? That forgiveness is what has brought us near. So you are the blessed man. It's because you have been forgiven. It's because now you're no longer under the effect, the cause of the law. Do we get? We're now under grace. We're no longer under, like the law no longer has any, any effect on our lives again, right? So if we still see the effect of the law on our lives, right, it means that we have learning to do. We have work to do. But my goal is that eh, at the end of this series and even the last one, is that our position every time life happens is that God is eternally good. That's honestly, if, if we learn anything, is that God is good. I'm the one that needs to catch up. If there's anything I want us to learn, is that God is good and we need to catch up. So we, need to, we are going to grow past the stage of... Um, God, why did you? Because I promise you, he's saying, but you didn't. But you know the funny reality is that Peter says something that God does not speak English. He speaks in um, images, impressions. We our hearts translate the language we understand. So I mean, if you speak Yoruba, you find that God speaks to you in Yoruba. Am I the only one? And now God speaks to me in Pidgin, Yoruba, Igbo, English. Every language I understand, God speaks to me in it. So point is, God and God is maybe we say God is now multilingual. That's great as well. But God speaks impressions, pictures, and minds translated. You know, and the reality of that is our understanding has a very great way of impairing what we think God is saying. Let me tell you an example. If I'm still at a place where I haven't learned that healing is mine in Christ, I'll tell you. Oh, I prayed about healing. Oh, God told me I'll do it in 52 working days, and I'll be right because that's what I think I heard. And I'll tell, hear God say, ah, use the anointing oil, because that's where my face is. Use the anointing oil. Um, um, you offended me last two weeks, so that's why this sickness is there. Again, sin can bring its consequences. No lies about that. But God is not, you know, causing sin on us, or wishing us, that type of thing. So, because of where I am, that's what I'm perceiving God's word, voice as. Right. By the time I grow and I realize that, oh, my healing is in Christ, it will be as if God has spoken newly to me. Oh, well, you didn't really. I'll start hearing that, ah, God told me my healing is in Christ Jesus and I'm healed already. The more I exercise that, I may start hearing that, ah, God told me that um, I just need to believe and I have it. God is not confused. So he's not speaking different things at different times. But the where we are, 
and our relationship with God dramatically affects what we even think he's saying. So you see that first we even know what God is saying about the clarity of God's voice. It's important we are studying the word so that we know his nature better. Right? So that we can clearly interpret what God is saying per time. Do we see? And this is work that all of us need to do. Okay, I think I'm good. All right, so um, basically, we have what God says we have. We can do what God says we can do. We are who God says we are. And like it's here, stop checking your feelings or your bank account, right? Side with the rest, with the word, and the rest will align, right? As we confess it, the more really gets to us. We believe with our hearts and we confess with our mouths, right? God didn't promise to heal us. No, he has already healed us. So it's a fact. It's not even a promise because then we may say, okay, maybe he has failed on his bits, right? It's a fact. So we acknowledge it, we know it, and we say it. So this, this week, our key, you know, whatever mantra is, I acknowledge the word of God. I know the word of God. And I say the word of God. But my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, ha, all of these things are hinged in studying the word, is in you know, spending time with the word. Right? So um, confessions build the real tracks on which faith carries its mighty. I know Peter has emphasized a lot that he that says. So it means that faith is completed by saying. To him who will say to that mountain move, so you see that all of us, if you are still singing songs like, if you don't get money, I'll be what's that thing? That song just this morning now. You want to ask if you forgot, if you've not forgotten, Joe. Any money where you get, check that your face don't the work, dear, dear, like that. So guys, um, how was this for us first? It feels, the room feels very sober. How, do, how was this for us? I won't feel back. How was this for our minds? Was it good? Okay, great. So what that means is that this week, all of us are building new um, structures and habits to learning to study the word better. Visit, name is WordFest 2021. I'm not sure now. Please listen to those sermons. 2021, thank you. Please listen to those sermons, right? Listen to those sermons. So you, you guide how to study the word. But study the word better this week. You can do a chapter each day. Your pace is fine. All right. Uh, thank you. So we're going to be praying Ephesians 1 17. Ephesians 1 17. That the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, that we may know Him better. That we may know this immeasurable power at work in us, so that we're able to work it out. So I keep asking that the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, gives us the wisdom of wisdom and revelation so that we know him better. It's in, please. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we know the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. 19, please. And it's incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. 20. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heaven.
heavenly realms. Far above. Evidentially, the believer has power. Evidentially, for Chidera to see power working, her, she needs to know that she has power. Evidentially, for Chidera to know that she has power, she needs to learn and read, right? And Chidera wants to see power in her life. I want to see power in my life. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see a bunch of things happen, right? I want to see. I want to say a bunch, 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 bunch. I mean, I was rejoicing the other day about oh how I had some creative miracles. It made me super excited, right? And I know that there is more. I know that there is more. I know that there is more. I've read stories of people, um, somebody who was with somebody who had an accident and they broke a leg or disjointed or something, and she told the person, I know where this is in heaven. And she said that she made a demand on the bone and the leg was fixed right there. So there's more. I never went to that one. I know that there is more. But I need us to know that there is more. I need us to know there is more. I need us to want the more. I need us to want the more. God will do so much with a ready heart. So much with a consistent ready heart. Than a gym gym person on just Mondays. Doesn't work like that. So I need us to be consistent in wanting more, reading more, desiring more, so we can be more good. So let's pray for the next one minute. Ali brado shatali akasute bratuzi kiti brado shatale bratuze la brado shikteli abratuze. Please put the verse back on the screen. Yes, sir. Please put the verse back on the screen so that we know what we are praying about. Yes, the eyes of our understanding are flooded with light. Masutalia brado sheketelia kuzekete. Oh, zantele brado shatala bratu zekete. Brado sakatalia bradu sekete. Oh, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Oh, I know you better. Basotali brado sheketelia bratu ze. Labata sotele brato shekale bradu sekete. Labrado sekila mataria barado si katala malabados. Oh, because as I know you better, I know myself better. Mato sakilia brado sakande kata le kato sakatalia bratu zekete le basute barakato zekete brado sakata. Oh, I put to effect the spirit, the power working me. E kasute malakato shetele belagados. E kasutele brando shukala bradu sekete. This mighty power outwork in me that I may know the immeasurable power outwork in me that I lay hold I lay hold of everything I lay hold of everything that you have done I lay hold of the finished work at work in me I lay hold of every single thing you have done I lay hold I commit to studying. I commit to giving time to growth. I store up your word in my heart. All the eyes of my understanding flooded with light that I know the hope to which I have been called. Oh, in this week, your word becomes my safe place. In this week, your word is my safe place. 
In this week, your word is my safe place. In this week, your word is my safe place. Oh, and I'm studying the word to see me as I am. I'm studying the word that I may know me as you say I am. We are tired of mediocrity. Masutalia barata kata. Le masute bala brando sota. Le baksute kalabrano sitelia pranose. Le katande kanda sita. Ei kasuki talia baratose. Le kasute bala pranosa. Oh, I acknowledge your good work upon our lives. Masota labrado sikata. Ratala baragadose. So we commit our lives to knowing Jesus. We commit our lives to knowing Jesus. We commit our lives to knowing Jesus. We commit our lives to knowing. We commit our lives to knowing. We commit our we commit our being to knowing. We commit our being to knowing. We commit our being to knowing. We commit our life. We commit our entire everything to knowing. That we give of ourselves, our time, our resources to knowing. To knowing deeply, that we may know how high, how wide, how deep, how full, how complete your love is for us. That we may know that this perfect love, there is no fear in it. That we may know, that we may know everything in our bank accounts in you. That we may know all that we have, all that we are, and all that we carry. That we may know, that we may know. I think I have a bunch of things to say. Okay. So I have Esther Kola Day. So something about your priorities. Um, something about your priorities. Does it make sense to you? Good. So I, so I'm not stressed myself. Thank you. So something about your priorities. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And for grace, I'm looking at your shoes. Since. <laughs> something about your feet being made beautiful. Something about steadiness. So I see you walking on water, but your feet are steady. It's almost like it's like, like it's as steady as though you feel it's stable, like you know, ground, but it's water and you're steady. So he says he's with you. I'll never leave nor forsake. But what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. 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 For Sharon, he says peace and strength. He said peace, um, for Sharon rather, he says, my promises are yes and amen through you. Sharon, are you hearing me? Thank you. Promises are yes, means fulfilled on his part and amen through you. Right. Yes, and amen through you. So something about um, something about the promises he has told you, and not to forget, not to forget, not to forget. Susan, did I get your name right? Okay. So I can see water, a lot of it. And something about how you're big, physically, right? Clearly. But like, you get my point. So something about how 
your tents expand. Your tents expand. You said you're not small. And she stopped acting like you're small. You said you're not small. Do you want a hug? I feel like hugging you. Yeah, come let me hug you. Yeah, come. So, <laughs> when you blow, that's what I have when you blow. Me, I'm ready your friend now. something about how you know um, you're big and oceans plentifulness for you I see I'm is it a or ha, uh, I don't know harvest I see your storehouse is full I love it I see your store so is there anything you're currently doing a job something like that so it says um, be careful with little because much comes to the one who is careful with little what is for you particularly be careful with little because much comes to the one who is careful with little. So that your hands are strong to carry. Right? Chisom, my billionaire friend. Keke. Big woman. I love it. Then for generally for the men in the house, I hear God say that we are building strong homes. I hear God say we are building strong homes. I hear God say that we have men that are supplying their parts. I hear God say that strongly. So I hear God also say that um, he's raising up strong homes from here. Actually, strong churches, that's what I do here accurately. I prepare it as you please. It may be, because families are the smallest basic units of churches, right? So maybe that's all. So basically, I hear God say he's raising churches. And so, and for us all as a church, I hear God say clearly, I'm actually seeing an image of um, a bucket poured like there's a hole here like a big hole and i see a bucket of gold being poured in and so for us all god says my supply is not a question my supply is not a question that god is constantly ready to give us right so for your education take that for your job for your marriage for your relationships for your friendships for sound mind for sound mind I think that's particularly for somebody for sound mind for not giving the spirit of fear but that always sound mind power and love I think that's for somebody particularly I think I need that but I think it's for somebody as well is there anybody that feels like they're battling with there's depression but there's also Amen. Like it's like your mind is a war zone. Anybody? Let me see. Show of hands, please. One, two. Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody? Okay, great. Thank you. So I speak over your mind. Like Juliana says, your mind is the seat of God's thinking. So I pray over you that you remember. I pray over us that we remember that we remember, that we remember, that we remember, that we remember solidly, right? So guys, as we go into this new week, as we go into this new week, we are deliberate about guarding everything God has given us. Everything. 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 So I see God doing so much us with TGC. Like 
If you're in TGC, in an amazing place. It's not because I'm a pastor here, but it's because I know. Right? It's because I know. If you're here, you're in the right place. Right? You are here, you're planted. You're, I think it's, I think it feels like general. Yeah, yeah. If you are here, you're planted. If you're online, we love you too. If you are here, you're planted. If you're here, you're in the right place. Safe to say you can't be any you can't be anywhere better unless you're in heaven. So if you are here, you're planted. Right? If you are here, you're planted. Do you want to do spirits? So if you are here, you're planted. Right? If you are here, you're planted. And please and please and please apply yourself. Apply yourself. Apply yourself to church. Show up. Pray for church. Pray for your leaders. But desire in your heart to get so much more from every service you attend. Desire in your heart. Desire in your heart. Desire in your heart. Do you want to sing this song? Oh, yeah, sing. Oh, yeah, sing. Sing it, though, because you ready. Sing it. Oh, yeah. My belly shall flow rivers. Alabrado Rivers of living water. Out of my rivers of living water. Out of my belly, Oh, let it flow right And as the river flows, it begins to bring every dead thing to life. It's a life-giving river. Oh, let it flow right here right now. Out of my belly, out of my belly. Shallow rivers, rivers of living water. Yeah, sing out of my belly. Oh! 
life-giving rivers, a life-giving river. Oh, let it flow right here. So let it flow, let it
A show of hands. I want to show of hands. Thank you. I want to show of hands. I want to show of hands. Okay, great. Okay, boy, I book Come out. Thank you. Just come out. Anything tangible, please come out. Feel anything tangible, please come out. I'm not going to touch you, so you can line up. I'm not touching you. Everybody, please continue. Basutele brado shakatali brado sekateliatoja. Ina sota librado kitele brado sakata. Azi telebredo shata la brabsuse. Ayene kato sute melekantes. Azite. So, basically, I think that there is a. Basically, I think that this is. The first thing that came to my head when I saw all of you was ministry influence. I didn't say pastor in Esosa. Ministry influence. Ministry influence. Rivers and we know that that can be a lot of things. It can be Rivers of 
Faithful. 
things beautiful in its time. And make all things beautiful in its time. And make all things beautiful in its time. Be patient. And make all things beautiful in its time. And make all things beautiful in its time. And make all things beautiful in its time. Be patient. Faithful. prophecy for the room no pressure anybody else anybody else anybody anybody you can just hug her it's part of Kacha hug her thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for a revelation of your words Thank you, Jesus, because we know even more tangibly this week who we are and whose we are. Thank you, God, because we come to know that in you we have redemption. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing with TGC Nigeria. It's amazing. I love to see it. I thank you just for what you are doing with TGC UK. I love it. Thank you for what you are doing with our hearts here. Thank you because... You are pruning and making pure worship out of us. You are teaching us that our whole lives are worship. Thank you, Father. Thank you because we are truly and deeply established in your words. Thank you because today, everything dead comes back to life. Dead dreams. Just something to say. Dead dreams, dead hopes that we remember. Thank you, Jesus, because we are remembering. And thank you because I speak to sick bodies and they are healed. Thank you because the, that we are enlightened, flooded with light in our inner man. So this week, God, we are more aware. Thank you, Jesus, and we welcome an invasion of you in our lives. We, we love it so much. We welcome, we welcome an invasion of you. We welcome... Welcome all that you bring. Welcome all that you bring in our private lives, in our church life. We thank you because we are ready vessels here. You said before, I said, I'll say it again. If you're in TGC, unless you're in heaven, you're in the best place. Thank you, Jesus, because here our hearts are taught right. Ah, thank you, Daddy, because we know these realities. That we know these realities. And as a church, we are a church filled with the Spirit and your words. And we rejoice in it. Juliana, you have a word for us. So, um, I first heard the word ignition. Can you guys hear her? Okay, good. I first heard the word ignition, then... He explained with a scenario. So imagine you're in a car and you need to get somewhere. You start the car, but that does not move the car. 
unless you drive the car, you will not get to your destination. So it says, is igniting the love and desire for more of him in our hearts. But unless we study and practice and immerse ourselves consciously, we would not attain more or no more in him. So it says for that person that is trusting him for growth, elevation, and all the plenty of things that you're asking God for, it says again, Pastor Jera said it during service, but it says again that he has put the deposits in you, and it is at every step of the way you realize what he has put in you that you should do and trust that he has gone ahead of you. I think, I think that's word for a lot of us. I think that's word for a lot of us. <sighs> I think we've had a good time today. I think we've had a very good time today. I think, I know, thank you. Our minds have been taught. Has our spirits, our souls, brain have been reminded. So thank you, God, for an amazing service. Thank you for the renewal of favor. Thank you for fervency. Thank you for hope come alive. Thank you because our prayer time and study time are tangible times to know you better. That the eyes of our understanding may truly be enlightened, flooded with light, that we know the hope to which we have been called. So this week, as we commit to a to a life of knowing. We know that God has given us everything we need for a life of godliness. And all our prayers are yes and amen through Christ. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Cheers to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.